0: Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that helps us to stand. It's the only reason, Lord, we can stand. And we can only stand in faith because of your grace to us, the unmerited favour. We didn't, we didn't deserve it, Lord, but you loved us before we ever loved you. And you still love us, Lord, even when so many times we fail you. And Father God, we know that you want to bring about growth in our lives. You don't want it to still be a place where we're at the beginning of our faith, Lord. You want to help us to grow, help us to be all that you've called us to be. And Father God, we pray that you would help us with that today, Lord. I pray you'd help me with that. Help me to speak your word today, Lord. We pray for for a clean vessel, Lord. And, And we pray, Lord God, for the power of your Holy Spirit. In then through the name of Jesus, we've just also prayed, I pray in agreement, we declare the name of Jesus, because it's in his name, it's only in his name that we can even stand. It's only in his name that we can move forward and experience this healing and this strength and this empowerment that we've been talking about. So we pray for that today, Lord, would you guide us, would you help us with this, Lord? We want to be the way you want us to be, and it's our heart's desire, Lord, that you would help us with that. Help each one of us to understand what you'd have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For the last few weeks we've been talking about faith. We've been talking about the meaning of the the word faith and the biblical, scriptural meaning of faith. Faith is a forward motion. Faith is something that drives us forward. And we don't want to just stick to talking about faith. We want to also look at putting faith into action. Amen. Amen. Now faith, we heard before, uh, is, this is from Hebrews, chapter 11, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So just like in a very simplistic way, in a very real way though, Rachel would have faith that 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 seed that was planted there would grow because God makes things grow. And because God makes things grow, it will grow. So too, as believers in Jesus, when we first accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, a is planted of faith and we are encouraged to put that faith into action to believe God that he will in fact make our faith grow that as we would trust in him as we would look to him he will help us to bring forth fruit good things would come out of the situation so we don't see those things initially when we ask Jesus as our saviour we experience what Sheila spoke about, about oh my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more praise the Lord, praise the Lord oh my soul, that's our starting point isn't it that's the starting point we all come to when we say praise the Lord, that's the seed that's planted, you've taken my sin away, hallelujah and it brings forth a seed of joy a seed of the forgiveness of our sins and faith planted but as we've been thinking about the last few weeks the writer to the Hebrews said the same thing we don't just stay at the beginning of our faith, faith is meant to end up in, in fruit, it's meant to end up in a forward action, in a motion <clears throat> and last week we thought about discipline now discipline's a hard thing and <clears throat> Jamie pointed out to me that last week the word for today message was uh, from the exactly the same thing as I was speaking about it. so I just want to clarify I didn't take it from the word from today <laughs> because it said that it was about that uh, but it's interesting the way God was just confirming that you know Jamie said he went home and read it Oh, God's saying something <laughs> but the, the discipline of the Lord is good for us and we talked about how a loving father who wants us to grow, who wants us to experience good things in our lives, will discipline us so when we make a mistake, because he loves us, he'll put us back on track. And that can be sore, can't it? Just like it's sore when I said to Nathan, Son, I'm going to take your DS off you because you've been naughty, or whatever the particular thing would be that we need to do to discipline our children in a loving way even children understand that discipline's a good thing we spoke to the children last week you remember? and we said what does a loving father do? and one of the children said discipline, they discipline you because children understand that it's actually for their own good they realise that actually their behaviour wasn't right or this wasn't right and actually it's because we love them that we would discipline them so that's the heart that was coming out last week, realising that our father loves us not only does he plant something in us but he loves us so much he wants it to grow that when we get off track, he will discipline us to bring us back onto the track again. So that's where we are as we're thinking about faith today. And I'd like to start a series. Alex is going to be speaking in the next couple of weeks, God willing. But I feel to go through um, aspects of the book of James with a series called Faith in Action. Faith in Action. So let's turn to our passage today, which is James chapter 1. In verse 1. We're going to look at three practical aspects of faith today. Starting in James 1, verse 1. Faith in action. Firstly, a practical application of faith. Serve God wherever. Serve God wherever. Verse 1. He says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Although the author of this letter doesn't clearly say the specifics of who, which James he is, it's widely accepted that the writer of this letter is the brother of Jesus, James. James describes himself as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this, G- uh, James is recognising that Jesus is in fact God. You see that? Very important. Actually, the, tr- the, actual, the translation from the Greek actually could be translated, a servant of um, Jesus Christ who is God and Lord. A servant of Jesus Christ who is God and Lord. And actually for some reason, most of the translators from the Greek have chosen to almost slightly disconnect the sentence and say a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ but he's actually clearly saying a servant of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ so he had it clearly put, he knew whom he was serving and he knew his position was a servant someone who is serving God, because of the the fact that Jesus is God it demands that followers of him would serve him, doesn't it? because he's God and we're not So the first step of faith that we would all have when we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour is to serve him, isn't it? It's to realise that our duty, our response, our natural response to this God who's taken away all of our sins, who's given us new life, who's rescued us from death, the natural response is to serve him, isn't it? It's the natural response. It's, and it's there really, really strong when we first become a Christian. But maybe over time, different things happen and we lose that fervour. We lose a bit of that fervour for service. And that's what we're going to look at today. James was writing to Jewish Christians who were scattered amongst the nations, they were uh, fairly new believers in Christ they realised they were servants of God but because they were serving God because they declared the name of Jesus publicly they experienced persecution and so great was the persecution that the believers in Jerusalem were scattered they had to flee and run to wherever they could get away from threats of death threats of all sorts of persecution really serious stuff is the situation here and even when the people did scatter to other places they weren't necessarily safe there They were maybe thinking to themselves, well I'll go to such and such a place and I'll not be as bad as here. But in fact the persecution was so bad and so widespread against Christians, everywhere they went wasn't safe. And this is the context of which um, James is writing to them. To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. So it would have been a time of great trials for these Christians. That initial joy um, of salvation, that initial um, planting of faith was now Being tested very, very severely as they were being scattered. I looked up the word persecution. It says the act of persecuting, especially on the basis of race or religion, abuse, ill treatment, ill usage, maltreatment, cruel or inhumane treatment. And Although we maybe don't know the details, we certainly know that many Christians faced death and did uh, die as a result, direct result of having faith in Jesus. So this was a very serious um, situation that they, they faced. And uh, it's important to know that when we read these letters to the New Testament, a good part of what it's referring to when the people of God say suffering, is this type of suffering. A good deal of what they're referring to is the persecution that believers receive when they declare the name of Jesus and when all sorts of things come against them in a very real way. We might think at times, maybe especially in our society, that maybe that persecution of Christians isn't quite so severe nowadays, but um, our brother Hugh reminded us last week that there is great persecution against Christians throughout the world today. Terrible, terrible persecution. Places like North Korea and other, other places where believers are under a terrible threat on Wednesday night actually we, we spent some time in the prayer meeting just focusing on praying for some of those nations where believers are being especially persecuted and asking God to turn around the situation and that's a practical thing we can do to help we can help, we may, we may think to ourselves well I can't help I'm, I'm so far away but we can help because we can pray into the situation and we can ask God to move and God to intervene for those that have been persecuted although we might not experience this very severe persecution for our faith here today no doubt we've experienced some persecution and by that we mean because we've said we're a Christian because we've declared the name of Jesus and spoken about it we've experienced some persecution from friends Maybe we had friends before we were a believer and suddenly now that you declare Jesus and you say you're a Christian, everything changes. What about from family? Maybe not all the family are Christians and they don't have all positive things to say about the fact that you're a Christian. <clears throat> what about work colleagues who you feel you have having to say, I don't want to work a Sunday or I don't want to, you know, whatever it might be and because you've declared it because you're a Christian, something changes. The work situation comes against you and people don't support you in it. Or neighbours, or any things. You'll know the situations you've, you found yourself. We will all have experienced persecution because Jesus said, "In the world you will have trouble." But take heart; I've overcome the world. So, when we become a Christian, it's guaranteed that something, things will come against us, like that. So, in a sense, maybe not actually naturally, we've been scattered to live in a different place, etc. But we, we will have experienced, as a believer in Jesus, a scattering away from some things. The situations have maybe changed. People have been hard to us. Things haven't been easy. But remember that even though we face these difficult situations, we're not alone in our faith. Just like James there and the brothers and sisters in Christ, they were scattered, but they weren't alone. They were together. There may have been a distance between them, but they were one in the faith. And most importantly, Jesus was with them. The Holy Spirit of God within us as believers. Jesus said, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you, even until the ends of the earth. Isn't that encouraging? No matter what situation we find ourselves, no matter how much we feel pushed away from certain people or, or situations or how difficult it is, we're never alone. And just like James James would write to the, to the churches scattered uh, among the nations, so today among the nations is the church of Jesus Christ. And while it is persecuted, and while there are great trials, we are one in Christ. And we can experience a great victory through him. Amen? So so James is initially here demonstrating his faith in action. He was already under persecution, as were the believers. Yet he says, I'm a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Serve God wherever. Wherever we find ourselves. wherever, Wherever the situation is. Wherever we get pushed into because of our faith. However difficult it is, wherever we are, doesn't change the fact we're a servant of God. And we can take great encouragement as we rejoin with other believers and with the Lord's help. Serve God wherever. Secondly, be joyful whatever. Be joyful whatever. Consider it pure joy, verse 2, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James says what could be seen as quite an unusual statement here. Given the context of what we've just talked about, he says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. That almost sounds like it's not right when you read it at first, isn't it? But it is right. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. So as we've said, these trials were severe. Very, very severe. And we can maybe relate to trials that we would be going through ourselves that would be uh, severe too. There's many different kinds of trials in life. Sometimes um, circumstances send trials to it's just things that happen that we find just awfully difficult. It's a really difficult situation. <clears throat> maybe nobody, no one individual is persecuting us, but we're just facing really hard times. Really difficult. It might be economic, it might be pra- practical in some way also sometimes we face trials because of our own fault you know there is the, the law of sowing and reaping throughout the scriptures and of course if I sin then there are consequences for my sin and it has a negative consequence so there are times as well we bring stuff upon ourselves but again our loving father what does he do? He, his grace comes alongside us and he corrects us and he disciplines us and he, puts his, he encourages us to get back on track because he loves us and we confess our sins and we get back on track So there's all different things that we could put under the bracket and trials. But James is encouraging Christians to be, to put into action their faith, to dig deeper into their faith, to not focus on their trials, but to focus on the Lord. James says, be joyful whatever happens. Um, Joy is a, a very deep spiritual experience. Joy isn't happiness with a smile on your face all the time, because we don't have a smile on our face all the time. Because circumstances don't always bring a smile to our face. Don't they not? It's not always a happy situation. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. It says that in the book of Nehemiah. And that's a spiritual principle, isn't it? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So he plants that joy within us. It's It's part of our faith. We experience it so rawly and so greatly when we first trust in Jesus. But as I said earlier on, the threat is that when trials come and difficulties come, the joy goes away. We're not focused on the joy anymore. But it's still there. It's still there. It's just deep. It's there still. The joy of the Lord is still our strength because that's what God's promised. And he has came to live within us. Joy is a deep feeling. Or a condition of contentment. Something that causes such a feeling. A source of happiness. So it's not circumstances. It's something deeper than that. It's something which is secure. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's something you can say and you can sing no matter what's happening. Can't you? You can sing the words like it is well with my soul no matter what's happening. If you have faith in Jesus it's a solid place it's a deep place it's a place where we we know the joy of the Lord is our strength well these trials that we face do have a purpose in them to increase our faith to take us through, to develop us we were thinking last week about the illustration of an athlete that's used in Hebrews chapter 12 it's a very helpful analogy because an athlete goes through great trials in order to hit the goal don't they? They have to really work hard. They have to endure through difficult circumstances. They have to keep going day to day, even when they don't want to. Because if they're going to hit that finish line, they're going to have to discipline themselves. They're going to have to endure um, through difficulty. And an athlete keeps focusing on the goal. And last week we we read the words from Hebrews 12. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. But we apply this, James is very helpful practically, isn't he? He's very practical. Because joy is the last thing we think about when we're going through a trial, isn't it? It's the last thing I would think about when you go through a difficult situation or a trial. But do you not notice how the Lord always brings it to the front of your mind? Not always through a ser- sermon, but he just by His Spirit, the words, the joy of the Lord is your strength, might come to your mind. A song might come to your mind. And it's interesting that James, at the start of his letter, he doesn't start by talking Focusing on all the all the loads of things that's wrong, or all the loads of difficult situations, he said, "Verse two, right away, he's in consider it pure joy. He's bringing joy from the depths up to the to where it's seen. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And my prayer would be today that God would help us with that, as we would pray at the end that God would help the joy of the Lord be our strength, be our focus." And that would be a really practical way to apply this message today. Because the joy of the Lord is there within us as Christians, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we need to think about it. We need to consider it. That's what consider means. Consider. Think about it. Draw upon it. When you're facing your trials. We do face discouragement in life. We do face difficulty. But God would want these things to develop perseverance. To develop a strength to keep going. To be stronger through it. So just a couple of practical points we've seen so far. We've seen faith in action. Serve God wherever. Be joyful whatever. And thirdly, ask for wisdom whenever. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Just notice here that one of the main weaknesses that seems to be highlighted as a problem Christians would face during trials is a lack of wisdom. A lack of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So I don't know how how you feel about this, but I've noticed in my life that the, the fear of the Lord is something which God develops within us. And what do we mean by fear? A reverence for God. An understanding of who He is. And it changes how we behave towards Him. Because we start to understand how holy He is. How wonderful He is. And how unworthy we are. And as we start to know more about Him... We want to serve them more, but remember, it's a process. Don't get discouraged, folks. If the if the enemy's putting things in your mind just now, don't let them, because God's got a good purpose for us. God planted a good seed, and it's grown. And just because we're facing trials, doesn't mean God's not there for us. In fact, those very things that are so hard could well be the very things that bring about the greatest growth if we're submitting to God, if we're saying Lord I reverence you, I'm looking to you would you teach me, would you help me understand more about you you notice there it's it's not necessarily wisdom is not necessarily focusing on help me understand everything wisdom is also focusing on the Lord it's saying Lord I need to know more about you I need to understand you more just like joy is deeper than circumstances so wisdom is wisdom is the Do do, do you feel this in your life at all as a believer when the Lord just brings a, a verse to your mind? A strength? Something. The circumstance didn't change at all. But God changed it by speaking something to you and helping you understand more, even though circumstances still are hard. I've been in the situations myself where I've been experiencing great personal trial, but I've still been able to, with God's strength, stand and sing, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand and there's been times of grief and sorrow when i've still been able to sing peace like a river is flooding my soul and i felt it and i've known it i've known our strength and, and you will you will have known that as well that's wisdom from god that's when we cry out to him and we don't know what's happening we don't know what to do we can't cope with the situation and we cry out to jesus and he comes to our aid Because he's actually always been there in the first place. But it's when we call out to him, it's when we cry out to him that the wells spring forth. Isn't it? And often, one of the frustrations maybe in my own life as well, the tendency, even as believers, is to only cry out to the Lord when things are difficult. About things that are troubling us. Not about all the time. And sometimes even when we're going through difficult situations we realise the last thing we've done is call to Jesus. We've called to everybody. We've called to our friends, to the church, to everybody. But we've not asked Jesus about it. We've not called out to the Lord. I've done it myself. <laughs> but God's part of the growing in faith is God's saying to us I'm here. I'm here. Don't necessarily look around for answers anywhere else when I have the answers. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. We're to ask for wisdom whenever. Whenever we need it, whenever the situation is, whenever it's good, whenever it's bad, whenever we need to make a key decision. Because not only we know his heart, but I've been there where I've asked, God, what's your will? Wherever to live, uh, wherever to work. You know, things which. We have God's scriptures and it gives us very clear guidelines about many things in life. But it doesn't say, Graham, you're living in Moody's Burn today, you know, and uh, rather than somewhere else. And I would believe that God would have a specific place and a purpose for every one of you who would trust in Jesus. And there comes those moments when you're saying, God, I can't word this out. One of the prayers I, I, I prayed, and I would recommend it, Lord, close every door but the right one. Because <laughs> I'm not intelligent enough <laughs> to know which door's right. And I think God honours that type of prayer when it's a prayer of faith and there was a time when I would have went through life and I wouldn't have prayed in faith for things like that but I learned fortunately because I had family members and such like who taught me that at a young age that you're 18 Graham and a lot of the decisions you're going to make in the next few years are life changing ones what job you're going to take uh, who you're potentially going to marry or not marry uh, you know where you're going to live you need to ask God you need to pray and come before him And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I had never thought about that. (laughs) And I was brought up in church. But I never thought how important it was to ask God about these things. Because half the time we just naturally roll into our own strength, don't we? And try and work it all out. We'll just apply to all the jobs and we'll just, whatever. Now what I ended up doing was, with the job thing, I ended up saying, God, you're going to need to, I'm just going to apply to everything, same as I'm currently doing. But you need to open one door. Because I don't know which way to go so I would ask you just to make it abundantly clear and my mum and dad will tell you there was one door that opened and it was a perfect door it was uh, two minutes from my house I got a work placement for six months that I could walk to and God provided in a wonderful way and helped me develop into a career but even now God's still saying to me Graham see about the way ahead you still need to ask me we always need his help we can't just go on our own effort and of course now I'm 14 years into a career and you think well I know what I'm doing now no I don't (laughs) God could have entirely different plans and even now I find the Lord challenging me as I think about my career ask me and I'm not always the the way I I should be in that but I'm sharing that to be honest with you that we need to ask God for wisdom we need to know know specifically his leading and guidance and often he'll confirm it by giving you a piece about a situation as well got to be careful sometimes when we say that because sometimes we can say we've got a piece about things and It isn't the right thing. First thing you need to do is line it up with the Word of God. If the Word of God says it's right or wrong, then it's right or wrong. Things that are out with that, I do believe we should ask God. He says, ask whenever. Ask whenever. If you lack wisdom, ask God. And believe that He's going to give you the answer. Believe He He's going to give you some kind of word to help you in the situation. And it is faith in action here because it says clearly there that if we doubt that God will answer he won't answer and that's not cruel that's God wanting us to grow he wants us to pray believing the whole point about faith is it's about belief isn't it so when we ask for something he says you should believe you shouldn't doubt I've told you it's in the word of God this is the word of God if you like wisdom we should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him That we can take that as a promise and we can quote it when we pray to God as a promise and say God you've told us that when I don't know what to do when I'm looking for guidance and help from your word whatever the situation is when I need to know more I should ask and you will give it so you claim the scripture's promises like that and you make sure like I do as well that whatever the decision you make is based on the word of God and not on anything else Because if something's very important, God's not going to tell you to do something that's not in here. It's something that's contrary to what's in here, isn't he not? So that's just a wee caveat to to saying that, because sometimes we can end up in a scenario where somebody might say, well, I asked God about it, and God said, I should do this. But it's something that's totally opposite to what the Word of God would say, so we we should always balance the two things. God's given us his Word to guide us and give us knowledge and wisdom about himself but I believe this is specifically calling about prayer. It's about putting prayer, the prayer of faith, coming to God and asking him for for that wisdom. One commentator said this, trials demand wisdom, wisdom demands prayer, and prayer demands faith. So trials demand wisdom, that's verse 5. We need God's help in trials. We need his help. Fact. We need his wisdom. We need to know what to do and how to act in the situation. So trials demand wisdom. Wisdom demands prayer. We can't get wisdom from ourselves, not godly wisdom. So we must come to God and ask for it. And how do we come to God? We come through prayer. We ask him. And prayer demands faith. We can't come in prayer and not have faith because we won't receive anything. It's in faith that we come to Jesus the first time and when we pray, we must pray in faith. Believing. that When God's word says something, he will do it. That's an effective prayer. So this is faith in action. This isn't just reading about faith. This isn't just um, the start of our faith. This is actually putting it into action. Just to apply this because it is a, a practical message today. Is it possible that we're not experiencing the deep joy of the Lord? Because when we're facing trials, we're not asking in faith for God to help us. Asking in faith for God to help us. Asking in faith for God to guide us and help us through the situation. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Just as a, a final encouragement to us, God has promised that. We can remember that verse in our prayers. God you said you started this good work and I need your help. To bring it on to completion. I can't do it in my own strength. And I believe that what you've said in your word is true. That's where I, I get faith from. The word of God. What he has said. I believe it. I don't believe it in myself. If it wasn't for the word of God I wouldn't believe it. But I believe it because it's the word of God. So with faith and action. Serve God wherever. Be joyful whatever. Ask for wisdom. Whenever. some song lyrics I found I'll just read in closing it's not a Christian song but I felt that it, it could really be it says this whenever I say your name I am already praying I am already filled with a joy that I can't explain whenever I lay me down wherever I rest my weary head to sleep whenever I hurt and cry whenever I got to lie awake And weep. Whenever I'm on the floor, whatever it was that I believed before, whenever I say your name, whenever I say it loud, I'm already praying. Whenever this world has got me down, whenever I shed a tear, whenever the TV makes me mad, whenever I'm paralyzed with fear, whenever those dark clouds fill the sky, whenever I lose the reason why, whenever I'm filled with doubts whenever the sun refuses to shine whenever the skies are pouring rain whatever I lost that I thought was mine whenever I close my eyes in pain whenever I kneel to pray whenever I need to find a way I am calling out your name and that name is Jesus the name above every other name and heaven or earth.